All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're watching Oilers Nation every day with Heather Remchuk. Your one-stop shop for all things Oilers. The support you get here is unlike anywhere in the league. It's the best fans in the league. It's um, just an incredible place to play, and I'm I'm so thankful to, to play in front of these fans every night. I would literally die for that man. Let's get into it with the lead. Eight in a row for the Edmonton Oilers. Welcome in to Oilers Nation every day, live from the Sports Closet Studio and live on the Oilers Nation YouTube, where Simon is in with the first comment of the day. Let the good times roll. Oh, and yes, he also came in. I'm here so early and still can't get the first comment. Anyways, when do playoffs begin? The Oilers are back in a playoff spot. If you sort by points percentage. Yeah, okay, a couple of little things you got to throw in there, but still don't matter. Feels good in Edmonton right now, and it feels good to be watching Sam Gagne find the back of the net on home ice. Gagne gets the scoring going for the Oilers, or I shouldn't say that. He got the second goal, but still, you know what I meant. Oilers win 4-1 against the Chicago Blackhawks. We are going to break it all down today on Oilers Nation every day. Uh, we're going to have a short for giant question. Liam's going to have his game today as well, so a chance for you to win $25 to Nation Gear a little bit later on in the show, and Frank Saravalli is going to swing by on the Star Mechanical guest line. Speaking of our pal Liam, who I know is researching his game very hard over the last mm-hmm. little bit, 
we bring in my co-host, Liam Horabin. An eighth straight win, Liam. Feels nice. I think we're the best, Tyler, and I don't think anyone can turn that away from us now. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, sure, why not? I mean, okay, there were some dark moments in the month of November. There were moments where I tweeted things like, we're watching the Colin McDavid era unravel right in front of us. Looking back on that, maybe a little bit of an overreaction, but at the same time, winning eight straight games in the NHL is a very, very difficult thing to do. There will be many playoff teams this season, many teams in the entire league who will go through stretches where they don't win seven games in a row or even six games in a row throughout the course of an entire season. The Oilers getting eight is a remarkable heater. I always throw out the joke that, you know, they're a 10 game heater away from getting back into this thing. And that's more or less what it took for them to get back to this point where, yes, by points percentage, they are eighth in the Western Conference. I'm saying all this to, to kind of put a bow on it, Liam. It always felt like some sort of a turnaround was going to happen. This team was not going to finish bottom five in the entire NHL. But the turnaround coming as quick as it did for them to be back in a playoff spot and we're still sitting 12 days until December or until Christmas, it's remarkable. Yeah, I mean, of course, nobody saw an eight-game win streak coming. Like, nobody has done that in the NHL this season besides the Edmonton Oilers. I I think, like you said, like, we all assumed that this team wasn't going to be in the position that they were in. I think we all thought it was going to come gradually, though, like win three, lose two, win two, lose three, something like that. A bit of inconsistency because truly they showed us nothing that (laughs) that they could be consistent right at the start of the season. But now... Hey, I'll eat my words. I don't really care, to be honest. Like, this team is really good. I did not see them winning eight games in a row, possibly nine if they can beat the Tampa Bay Lightning tomorrow. It's it's very impressive. And the the funny part about it is they weren't even that great last night, and they still managed to win the game. I joked on pregaming with Boardsy. I said, if the goaltending holds up, the Oilers might be able to win this game with their C-plus effort. And... That honestly might have been what we saw last night. Um, Riley is in and says, nothing lights the dopamine centers of my brain like a Sam (laughs) Gagne goal. And Riley, I could not agree with you anymore. Sam Gagne, Liam, granted he has not played in every game, but he is scoring at a 23-goal pace for the Edmonton Oilers. Again, he won't get there, but... He finds the back of the net last night on an absolute beauty. First off, shout out to Brett Kulak getting in. He's F1 on the forecheck somehow. But then this play to not just like try jam it five hole or whatever to quickly one touch snap it far side top corner. That is a high, high skill play. And having a guy like that in your bottom six, man, it works. You're going to get goals like that. I, I love watching Sam Gagne score. I love watching him celebrate goals as an Edmonton Oiler, and he played a big role in the win last night. The the reason Sam Gagne survived in the NHL so long and, and through everything he's gone through is because of his intelligence, right? Like, he knows what to do at the right time, and that's exactly what he's doing for the Oilers right now. Like, he's, he's just such a smart player. Like, some of those spots that he's scoring from, I'm thinking specifically the one against uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, like, Nobody's really shooting that besides Luke Gazdick, I suppose, who said that's a set play they they ran many years ago too. But it's like it's that kind of stuff that he's bringing. And look, I, I don't know if he can play every single night at the, at the rate he's playing, but he's playing really well right now. And when you see guys like Connor Brown on the second line who can't get a goal, and then you see this fourth line coming in and doing 
doing great stuff almost every single night, like seven minutes, seven minutes of ice time. Like that's the kind of stuff the Oilers need from their bottom six. Riley is in the whole fourth line is sick. When Holloway comes back, do we really want to take Hamblin, Gagne, or DR out of the lineup when they've been cooking? Based on merit, I'd be looking at Brown. And I mean, a, a conversation to have for a different day, probably. I mean, I really don't want to sit here and be talking about tough lineup decisions that could have to be made if everyone stays healthy when Holloway gets back into the lineup. So we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, for uh, lack of a better phrase there. But Sam Gagne contributed last night. That was a big, big goal at the end of the first period and just allowed this team to go into the intermission, probably breathing a little bit of a sigh of relief. There were a couple of hairy moments in that opening frame, which brings me to our Alberta Blue Cross moment of the game. Only one thing better than sitting around sharing memories, and it's making new ones. And our friends at Alberta Blue Cross and their fantastic travel insurance want to protect you and your memories wherever your travel takes you. Visit ab.bluecross.ca slash travel for more information. Liam, the moment of the game was Connor Bedard and Connor McDavid exchanging blows in the first period, so to speak. That Connor Bedard goal was absolutely filthy. And when you sit and watch our Connor, Connor McDavid, go do some things on the ice and it's like, okay, pretty much only Connor McDavid can do that, right? Like there's certain things, certain ways he moves about, certain moves he does that you go, only Connor McDavid can do that. That is one of those goals that like Connor Bedard, even though he's only 18, even though he's only been in the NHL for two months, you watch that and you go, that is kind of a goal only Bedard can score. Like that release, the way he shuffles into the zone, that was filthy. Yeah, there's there's very few players that can score that. Like Bedard, obviously one of them, maybe someone like Matthews too. Like it's just kind of, it's crazy, but that is thing. That's his thing, right? Like McDavid has his speed, and Bedard has it as a sharp release, and it's special to watch. It's just like what we were talking about with Jeff Merrick the other day. Like when these guys roll into town, like sit there and actually watch them play because they're doing special stuff. And that goal, like just the way he was able to handcuff Skinner from basically nothing and put it right in the corner, and like where he released it is basically on his toes. It was it was crazy. So. He's a he's an unbelievable talent, and I'm I'm excited to continue to watch him play. To be honest, can I criticize him a little bit? Go ahead, criticize the little boy, Tyler. People roasted Connor McDavid when he first got into the league um, for not being good defensively. Connor Bedard doesn't even have a defensive game. The amount of times the Oilers were in the offensive zone or in like their own zone and Bedard is like already at the other blue line, just kind of chilling up there. I would like that goal. For example, part of its awareness, being able to read a play and be like, Hey, I think things are going to snap back the other way. But I mean, he likes cheating up the ice quite a bit. Yeah, he definitely, he definitely has offensive instincts and not much else. I think it's fair to say, but maybe it'll come. He's just a little guy. Yeah, he's a little guy. His quads are freaking huge, though. Uh, good in you. He's 18, bro. He'll learn. I know, I know. But I feel like this onus to Connor McDavid to, like, point out some flaws in Connor Bedard's game. But, okay, so Bedard goes and scores. And then what does Connor McDavid do? He flips back the other way. And you could tell, Liam, he went out his mm. next couple of shifts and was like, my turn. Like, I want to do something cool now. He was ripping up and down the ice. He was trying to make these fancy moves. For the most part, it was working, and it didn't immediately result in a goal or anything. But you could tell Connor McDavid heard the crowd come alive when Bedard scored and kind of went, 
no, 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 like not not in my building, not in my building. Yeah, like what was it? Shortly after he did his little, his little spin around and move to try and put it back on in front, and then he had the shot right through the the defender's legs, like, and then what comes out with two points in the game? Like, yeah, you can kind of tell he was trying to do a little bit of something, and there was a little extra spice in there from his comments earlier in the day too, which were which were quite funny to be honest. So yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I don't know. I just feel like there's there's the storylines there, but there's different ways to go about it, you know. Yeah, um, and then, of course, McDavid sets up Ryan Nugent Hopkins for an absolute beauty to even up the game. And then we touched on Sam Gagne giving the boys a 2-1 lead. This was just an excellent shot by Ryan Nugent Hopkins walking in and boom, putting that thing off the bar and right on down. A beauty by Nuge. Oilers don't look back at all in that hockey game, Liam. They took the 2-1 lead, and I don't think Chicago had another grade A scoring chance for the rest of the game. I'm pulling up the game report right now and high danger shot attempts. I mean, natural statric says in the second period and third period, the Hawks technically had two at five on five. I'll be honest. I could not remember them. The Oilers just suffocated Chicago. They end up getting 14 shots in the second period, seven in the third (coughs) as well. And they rolled to a victory. I thought the defensive performance from the Oilers was very, very good. I thought the way they just kind of, you know, put their foot down and were like, no more. Like, we're not letting you guys continue to get cheap chances, which they got a few of in the opening frame. Like, we're just putting this game to bed. I thought that was really impressive from the Chris Knobloch-led Edmonton Oilers. The scoring got it done when they needed to. Like, that's how that game should have played out. Chicago had a little bit of life early, and then Edmonton just said, enough of this. We're a legit contender. You are not. This game's over. I did get a very big chuckle out of watching the Chicago Blackhawks power play because you sit there and look at a team that is at 10% on the year, and you go, ooh, their power play is not that good. It's a borderline miracle. They're at 10%, dude. That was one of the worst power plays I have ever watched in my hockey life those two attempts where Connor Brown individually had more scoring chances than the entire Chicago Blackhawks team like Bedard goes out there tries to do his best basically doesn't get the puck and the rest of those players on the Chicago team may as well have been playing blindfolded they were so bad yeah it was uh it was really bad to be honest like the fact that Connor Brown is actually getting some chances on you is uh probably not a good thing the only other chance I can think of from the game was, do you remember right at the end of the first period, they kind of come through and it looks like, I think the shot literally goes right under Skinner's pad. And it yeah. just goes by, I suppose that would have really put a wrench in one of my, uh, one of my game day bets, Tyler. But yeah, overall, like the Oilers just, just after that first period, the way they weren't really that good, but still managed to come out two one two one winners in the first period and never really looked into they just suffocated them and just let their skill and effort kind of take over. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Your Alberta Blue Cross moment of the game. McDavid and Bedard trading electric plays, but ultimately it's the Oilers pulling away. Bedard also had one play in uh in, in the first period where he tried to like pull it with kind of by hooking his stick and then spin at the same time, and the Oilers just knocked it away. But if that would have worked, it also would have been uh, absolutely electric. So a 4-1 win for the Edmonton Oilers. Eight victories in a row. They sit one point back of the Arizona Coyotes with two games in hand. All you need to do is win one of your two games in hand, and you have leapfrogged the Coyotes for that last wildcard spot. Uh, When we have Frank on in just a little bit, 
we're going to talk about the St. Louis Blues, who are technically, in terms of points, tied with the Edmonton Oilers in the standings. They made a coaching change. We'll get into that a little bit with Frank. But I want to talk a little bit more about this ho- or about the hockey game we saw last night. I'm going to cover this in depth on a piece that'll go up at Oilers Nation probably later today or early tomorrow. It is time to put some respect on Darnell Nurse's name. Uh, this guy has been playing some unbelievable hockey last night. I know his game score or the game score report from Dom Lucision at The Athletic kind of went a little bit viral yesterday. Um, but the way Darnell Nurse has flipped a switch since basically since Paul Coffey and Chris Knobloch slipped behind the bench, it is unbelievable, man. This guy is back to giving the Oilers the kind of minutes he was giving them back in that Canadian division. He is looking like a legitimate top pairing D-man. And I think it's time we kind of, and I love it, from Sergeant Battle and our boy Rusty with the hashtag Nurse for Norris. Listen, this guy's not winning a Norris trophy anytime soon, but I think it's time we put an official end to the 9.25 narrative. You still kind of hear people around the fringes of this fan base sitting there going, oh, Darnell Nurse sucks, blah, blah, blah. We're now at a point where if you hear someone saying that or if you hear someone talking about Darnell Nurse in that way, they are a casual. They are just speaking because they like the sound of their own voice and they don't know what they are talking about. Darnell Nurse now for 10 plus games has been looking like a legit top pairing D-man. I don't think Darnell Nurse was ever as bad as the critics wanted you to believe. I love the line from my pal Low Tide that goes, You can criticize Darnell Nurse or you can say the Oilers should trade Darnell Nurse the second they find a defenseman better than Darnell Nurse. And the reality is, over the last three, four seasons, they haven't had a defenseman that is even close to being better than Darnell Nurse. I guess you could argue up until the arrival of Matias Ekholm. But I'm sick of the Nurse hate. It should absolutely be stopping. And this stretch from, again, mid-November until now should absolutely cement him in a spot as a legit top pairing D-man in the NHL. Like, no more Darnell Nurse hate. I'm sick of it. The, this last stretch, like, when you look at his five-on-five five numbers on the season as a whole, the Oilers outscored the opposition 21-19 to 19 with Nurse on the ice at five-on-five. Five. Since Knobloch's taken over, I think it's 11-6. and six. So you can kind of do the math on the difference there between the two. His numbers are incredible over this last stretch. He's been great on the penalty kill, basically every defensive metric you look at has been really inspiring when it comes to Darnell Nurse. So, um, yeah, he's he's just been electric for this team, I think. And I saw a little bit of this conversation happening last night, or at least on Twitter among some people. I think there's an argument to be made that the Oilers shouldn't be spending assets on a goalie this season, that the two areas where they probably need to improve you can talk about maybe upgrading someone for Leon Dreisettle's wing if Connor Brown isn't going to be that guy for them. But the other thing you should definitely be looking at is upgrading Cody Cece because I still think, and I like Cody Cece as a defenseman. I think he's a fine second pair guy. I think if he was making a million less and he was on a third pairing with Brett Kulak, we'd be looking at a shutdown pairing that we really, really like. Cody Cece just isn't a top-pairing defenseman, at least for a team whose goals are to win a Stanley Cup. So I think the Oilers probably should at some point here look to upgrade that right side. And, and I don't know if there's even a fit out there, and that's probably what ultimately will prevent them from doing that because 
like Matias Ekholm became available last year and it was the dream fit, right? It was a defense first defenseman who was available and under contract wasn't a rental. So you could sit there and say, yeah, we, we can justify giving up the handful of assets it will take to get this guy because he's helping us for this playoff run and next year and presumably the year after that. Cody Cece, I like this point from Riley as well. Good player, not a fit. He's not what the Oilers need. They need a legit top pairing guy to saddle up with Darnell Nurse because if you think, and I and I think, Darnell Nurse has been great over this last stretch and really he's been great since Matias Ekholm showed up and could take some of the load off of his plate here and make his minutes more manageable so he's not fully over his head. Think if you could go out and find a right shot Matias Ekholm to play with Darnell Nurse. Now, all of a sudden, you're talking about a legit Stanley Cup caliber top pairing and a second pairing with Bush and Ekholm that is well above average. And then a third pairing with Kulak and DeHarnay that is very, very serviceable. It's just going to be very difficult to find that fit. Is Chris Tanev that guy? Maybe. Would Calgary trade him? Is Calgary going to trade him at all? Would they trade him to Edmonton? I, I don't know. I think we're way too early on here. A lot of you talking about Brett Pesci. I, I can't see the Canes doing that. They're sitting there. And, you know, pushing for a playoff spot. They're right in the thick of things there. Their season hasn't gone exactly to plan either. Sergeant Battle, Nurse and DeMello would be a dominant first pairing. Winnipeg's borderline leading their division by points percentage. I think they're right there. I know they lost to San Jose last night, right? But it's just going to be really, really hard. The dream is to find a right shot Matias Ekholm. I just don't think there's a right shot Matias Ekholm out there right now. Could there be one two months from now? Maybe, but... Um, there was a comment here I wanted to get to. I know we're gonna we're gonna hit up Frank here in in just a second. Um, good news. I hear John Klingberg's available. Uh, well, no. Um, someone said try Vinny up with Nurse. That's not Vinny's not better than Cece, right? Like that's kind of where. And I loved the comment from Riley. Like good player, but not for the spot the Oilers need him in. Like Cece made a little bit less money, and you could throw him on the third pairing, a la Brett Kulak. I'd love him. I just think that if you want to win a Stanley Cup. That's a spot you absolutely need to upgrade. And we'll see. We'll see if they can get it done. I mean, and a lot of you making the point that the right wings, the the right side of the forward group probably needs an upgrade too. It might. It might, depending on how Dylan Holloway looks when he gets back and if you can start to jumble around a few pieces there as well. Christopher Palmer, why not Adam Boquist? Because he's not a top pairing guy, right? Like, again, if you're going to go out and make a move, you need to go out and make it a significant upgrade on CC. And that's just where it's difficult. Like, are there right shot demon out there you could get? Yes. But you need to find someone that's significantly better than CC. That really narrows down the the group you're looking at. Um, All right. We'll have our short for giant question a little bit later on. Our pal Liam is going to have his guess a player game where you can win $25 to nation gear. So you're not going to want to leave the YouTube channel here. Uh, But for now, let's get to the star mechanical guest line. Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company. You can find out more info about all the services they offer at starmechanical.ca. Frank Saravalli, our daily faceoff hockey insider, joins the show. Frank, what did you think of Connor versus Connor last night? Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. 
You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I thought the Connor Bedard goal in the first few minutes certainly lived up to the hype. I'm still not entirely sure how he got that shot off at that angle with his hands in the position that they were in let alone doing it at full speed coming up the ice. Very impressive. Uh, short of that, I thought that ah, was a mostly kind of hum-ho mid-December game. Yeah, I, I said off the start of the show, like there are certain things that as we watched Connor McDavid more and more in his NHL career, we were like, ooh, those are like vintage McDavid things or certain little moves or mannerisms that's like, okay, only Connor McDavid can do that. That goal from Bedard kind of felt like one of those Okay, that's going to be his vintage play. That's kind of something only Connor Bedard can do. Yeah, I mean, he's only 12 goals into his NHL career. I, You're not even the first person to refer to that as vintage uh, today. Luke Gazdick also did that on our show, uh, Daily Faceoff Live, earlier. And I was kind of taken aback by it. But yes, one of the clear calling cards of Connor Bedard's game is to be able to get shots like that off under pressure off the rush from crazy angles with nutty hand positions. That's really how it, that's the best way I can describe it. The Oilers really clamped down in the final 40 minutes of that hockey game last night. And over the course of this eight game winning streak, they've beaten some competitive teams. They've also beaten a couple of non-competitive teams. And when they beat Anaheim eight, two, I looked at that game and I said, that didn't impress me a lot. Because that was just run and gun hockey and the Oilers are more skilled and they can get away with playing run and gun against bad teams. Last night's win actually did impress me because while the first period was a little bit open, you could tell the Oilers came out in the second and were like, enough of that. They clamped it down and they looked like a team capable of playing not just competent defensive hockey, but like above average defensive hockey. That's a good sign for this group. If they're going to play like they did down the stretch last season, but they're finding that gear in, on December 13th, they might they might be a team that's not just talking wildcard spot in a few months, Frank. I think that's entirely possible. And I, I think that's been one of the sort of least appreciated parts of the change that's taken place over the last few weeks with this team under Chris Knobloch. And I'm not sure how much of the credit goes to Chris Knobloch. I'm not sure how much of it goes to Paul Coffey. I'm not sure how much of it goes to the players who have clearly put in a more detailed effort I think watching this team play defensively and give up so little, I think over this eight game winning streak, if I'm, if my math is correct, I I think they've scored, 
They've outscored the opposition 38 to 13. Did I see that on Jason Greger's feed today? 38, 13. Like you're, you're not giving up very many goals. Um, that, and it just, they're making the easy play, which I think is the, a true path to success and long-term sustainable ses- success for the Oilers throughout their rest of their season is take what's right in front of you. You don't have to be the hero. You don't have to go out and make a, a crazy flashy play to get the team up the ice. You've got some of the very best players in the world anchoring your forward lines. However ugly or efficiently you need to get them the puck, do it. Um, it doesn't have to be stylish. And I think that part they're figuring out that less is more. And that part, you can talk about McDavid and the run that he's been on and the power play, which gets another goal last night. And all these other things, Stuart Skinner playing better. But for me, the attention to detail in their own end has been what's been way more impressive than anything else. Yeah, you mentioned it. Like to only give up whatever it is, 13 goals over an eight game winning streak is wildly impressive. And they've done it by not just rolling out Stuart Skinner every game. Calvin Pickard got a start and gave the Oilers a very good start against New Jersey. I said that was in a weird way, like a pivotal moment because they trusted him with a game that wasn't the Chicago game. It wasn't just back-to-backs where you're kind of forced into playing him. They legitimately looked and said, we're going to give him a shot here. If that would have gone bad, the talk about Jack Campbell coming back would have been ramped up again. The talk about having to make some sort of a panicky trade in December to address the goaltending, all that would have ramped up. And now we're sitting here going, well, you can trust Pickard with another start here. And maybe if Pickard proves to be a competent NHL backup, maybe the trade conversation dies down entirely. Yeah, I'm not sure that it'll entirely go away because just look at how the playoffs fared last year. And I there was a real reluctance from Jay Woodcroft and his staff to trust anyone other than Stuart Skinner. And I understand the position that they were in. You're, you're in a must-win spot in the playoffs, and you, you just go with the guy that you feel like helped get you there, and that can be that guy. This year, and, and probably suffice to say, if the Oilers have to turn to a second guy when it comes to the postseason, that their run won't be very long. However, I, I think this is not just a two-goalie league, but I think this is a three-goalie league in that injuries pop up all the time you're only as good as the insurance that you have. And I think at some point that that position is going to need to be addressed either in a big way or a small way. And I think the more comfortable of a spot you can work yourself into, though, if you feel okay with Cal Pickard in net, that you can perhaps improve in a small way that's not going to cost you an arm and a leg that will at least give you some insurance and some safe uh, you know, some safe safety in net and maybe uh, uh, your head sleeping soundly on a pillow if you're GM Ken Holland. I, I just think they can't afford to go through the rest of the way from now until whenever their playoff run ends without having an upgrade on their second goaltending spot. Fighting Amr says Frank is spot on. And yeah, as you said that, I had the nightmare of Oh my God, knock on wood. What if Stuart Skinner were to get hurt and you're running Pickard Campbell trying to give your playoff upside? It's a great point. Like injuries can happen whenever. Yeah. I mean, just look at uh, injuries can happen all over your lineup. Like rarely does a team get through a stretch completely healthy and goalie injuries seem to happen as, as much or more than anyone else. So 
Uh, I truly, like I said, I think this is a three goalie league and I'm not saying that just to say it. Um, maybe if Campbell can, f- can find some kind of form here that if you feel good with Pickard, that you could at least say, you know what, if things don't work with Pickard, should we have to go with him at some point that we could then turn to Campbell? And maybe that ends up being a great story at some point. But for now, I'd say they have to keep their options open. Yeah, totally. And that's why I think, again, trade talks kind of die down a little bit. We've started speculating about some other areas of their lineup that they could maybe fill. It just it feels good to be back at a point where we're talking about things the Oilers could add ahead of the deadline. And what could they do to make themselves a cup contender? And I'll be honest, Frank, I didn't I like I always felt like some sort of a turnaround would happen, but I thought they would have to scratch and claw their way right up till the end of this thing to get back into the playoffs. I did not have them being back in a playoff spot by points percentage by December 13th. Like this eight game heater has just been remarkable. Doesn't surprise me in the least. You can roll back the clips. I mean, what, what day was I on saying, you know, at some point that this team is going to win eight in a row, 10 in a row. I said, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see them have a run where they closed out the season this way. 14 Oh, and one last year. They're that good. They can really outscore all of their mistakes that they make. And their their top-end talent is really unlike anyone else in the league. So when that begins to click, when McDavid is finally fully healthy again, when he gets that confidence back that somehow the best player in the world seemed to be missing it for a little stretch of time, when it's not Murphy's Law, like you can survive a couple of those things going wrong. Some defensive breakdowns, McDavid not being at 100%. Stuart Skinner not getting you like, but you can't have all of them going wrong at the same time, your power play, not clicking. And that's, that's really what happened to Edmonton. It wasn't like, you know, one or two things. It was a full blown plane crash in the sense that it's not one issue. Typically that sinks a plane. It's five systems failing at once. And that's what happened to the Oilers for the first, you know, 15 games of the year is they couldn't get out of their own way. They were too good, and I think everyone knew they were too good, which is why Ken Holland tried to be as patient as possible to think that this wasn't going to turn itself around. And I don't mean to... That's not taking anything away from or disparaging Chris Knobloch. I think he had a really nice touch with the forward lines last night and the subtle swap that he made uh, when things weren't really going for a stretch of time. But I I think they probably could have just gotten through it. Yeah, I kind of agree with you as well. But the one thing that has really been interesting to me, and I was not a fan of the Paul Coffey ad. I was sitting there going, okay, this guy's never really coached at a significant level. Like, why is he coming behind the bench? Why do we think he's some kind of a savior? But then you look like Darnell Nurse is playing like a legit top pairing D-man again. Evan Bouchard has had the mistakes disappear from his game somehow, although didn't look great on that Bedard goal, but who would in that situation? The way Paul Coffey's worked with this blue line too is just another like that... I didn't see that coming. He deserves a huge heap of praise. Yep. And I spent some time with him uh, during the weekend of the heritage classic. First off, he desperately wants to win. And I don't think people in Edmonton fully grasp how big of a role and say he's had in the team on the day-to-day basis, really going back a few years now, like he has had the ear of owner, Daryl Cates for a while and has been basically the direct line to him. For the last few years and he's around the team a lot. He's around the team on road trips. He ducks in and out throughout the season, goes back and forth between Toronto where he lives in Edmonton. And 
he so he wants to win one. He's committed to and number three, he's a top 10 defenseman all time, if not top five. So when you have someone like that, that wants to step in behind the bench, a no nonsense serial winner, a guy that's been successful at everything he's ever done in his career, for the most part, players listen. And I can't help but also think back to um, on a more personal level, running into Paul Coffey the night before the Heritage Classic. And it was, you know, it was at the the uh, the hotel downtown, the JW. And who was Paul Coffey sitting there having a drink with? Darnell Nurse's parents. So there's clearly a trust factor, a, a, a level of commitment that Paul Coffey is clearly a big believer in Darnell Nurse and his ability to play and, and get to those spots and be a difference maker for the Oilers. I think it just involves having someone come in that can settle you down, narrow your focus, and help you just, as I said, accomplish what's right in front of you. It doesn't need to be the crazy big play. You don't need to, you could you could score 50 points on this defense by just standing there at times. That's how good the offense is. You don't need to be the guy that's lugging the puck up the ice and making tough plays happen. Just get it up there. And I think that part has has rubbed off on him really well. Uh, let's go outside of Edmonton really quickly here. Um, St. Louis makes a coaching change, even though they have the same number of points as the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Craig Berube is out, the guy who led them to a Stanley Cup back when he was still the interim head coach. Were you surprised at all that the Blues jumped to make that choice when they did? Yes and no. And I, I guess more so I'm surprised with the timing and where this team is at. Because if you were to... like. If you were to let's say you don't watch the Blues closely and you were to look at this and say, hey, this team's one point out of a playoff spot. Their GM was just on a podcast with you a month ago saying that he knows they're not going to be a playoff team for the next few seasons. Why make a coaching change now? I think a bunch of things had piled up. I think they were disgusted with the teams that the Blues had lost to playing down to their opponents this year, the inconsistency from a night-to-night basis. Doug Armstrong acknowledged point blank today. Their compete and work ethic just wasn't there. Their special teams were abysmal. Um, and then I, I think if you take a step back, for me, like I've never really gotten the sense that Craig Berube was Doug Armstrong's guy. That for at varying points since he came on as the interim guy and and led this team to a Stanley cup and gets a big extension that I kind of just felt like he was looking for an opening, a window to, to change coaches and to change the voice and to change the baseline of this team. I could be totally wrong in that assumption, but that's sort of been the rumblings from behind the scenes, which, which is it's not that they don't get along or don't see eye to eye. It just, he was never really his top choice. He came in as interim, won the Stanley Cup, and then next thing you know, you're just here for five additional years, and that's kind of how it works. Now he has an opportunity to do something a little different. Drew Bannister comes in, interim guy, not even guaranteed to finish the season. They're going to begin a more permanent co- uh, coaching search, and we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know that he has super high expectations, in terms of where this team ends up landing. I think there's still some more surgery to be done with their roster. But he said, point blank, we've got to change the accountability and work ethic. Uh, That has to start beginning with their first game under Bannister tomorrow night. 
Drew Bannister, former Oiler, as Jay pointed out to me yesterday, and he is a hell of a puck doku answer. If you uh, if you want to go look that up, he played for like six teams in his very short NHL career. Uh, finally, Frank, I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about the changes the NHL announced to the All Star Game, the the skills competition in particular. Last year, we both sat in that arena in Florida during the skills competition, and it was perhaps one of the most boring things I think I've ever sat through in my yes. life. They're changing it this year. They're going to do like a tournament style thing where only 12 players are competing and eventually one single player is going to be crowned the ultimate champion of the skills competition. A million dollars U.S. up for grabs for that player, too, which is like legitimate smoke. This isn't like randomly getting a $10,000 check for these guys, which is just pocket change. Like million bucks is legit. I'm actually excited for the All-Star game this year. That's like 17 million Canadian. That's awesome. Um. Yeah, I think the players and input from Connor McDavid is a big thing. Um, the fact that he sat down with the league, I'm sure there's going to be buy-in on his part to um, to not just help put it together, but also then to participate. And I, I think the players are, are going to like the fact that you kind of keep going as long as you play well. Meaning once you're in as one of the 12 guys, you know you're doing the first six events, all of them. It's not like you do the uh, fastest skater competition, which always seems to be first. And then you sit there on the bench for an hour and a half until your next event, which drove the players crazy. They want to be in the mix. Once your body's warmed up, keep going. The last thing anyone wants to do there is get hurt, pull a muscle, fall, whatever it might be. And so the league's been really lucky on that part that it's never happened. But I think throwing in the million bucks, the fact that players have some skin and some juice on the line, the fact that they had a say in this process, and also really like who's kidding who, the fact that it's in Toronto, it does, it's not lost on me that all these changes are happening right at the time that the league is going to a place where they know there's going to be a lot of eyeballs. You were in Florida with me last year. The All-Star game has moved around to a bunch of different places. It doesn't really generate a lot of juice in the market, but you know that it will in Toronto. And I think they wanted to make sure they put on a show. And we'll be there. We got some exciting coverage planned for All-Star Weekend in Toronto. It should be a lot of fun over uh, with uh, the DFO Live and everything we're doing there. Frank, thanks for hopping on and doing this show today. And we'll chat with you again tomorrow at 10 o'clock Mountain on DFO Live. See you later. There you go, Frank Saravalli on the Star Mechanical guest line. If you need 24-7 emergency service, Star Mechanical has got you covered. Find out more, starmechanical.ca. And now the moment you've all been waiting for, we re-welcome Liam back to the show. Hey, pal. I muted myself. Am I there? Can you hear me? You sound beautiful. Beautiful. Voice of an angel. Thank you. I, I changed my laptop. I'm a man of two laptops. One of them has USB cables where I can plug in my mics that don't work. The other one doesn't, but just has a functioning mic on the computer because it's like six days old. Also, the funny part about all of this is I wasn't even using a mic. As you can see, this thing is not plugged in. I was just holding it. (laughs) So there you have it. (laughs) Quiet. All right, uh, let's not waste any more time, buddy. Let's play Liam's mystery player game, the game where the name changes every week, but the premise stays the same. We start with an easy one. Liam gives us clues. You need to try guess who the player is. We then do a difficult one. Liam gives us the clues. You need to guess who the players are. 
And then if you're one of the first people to drop in your guests, you're entered into a draw to win $25 to Nation Gear. Liam, let's get her going. All right. So the first one, uh, another rule in there too is these are all from 2000 to today. So they didn't play yeah. any for the others in like the 90s or anything like that. All right. The first one played over a thousand games in the NHL for five different teams. 542 of those games were with the Edmonton Oilers across eight seasons. My final season in the NHL was with the Ottawa Senators. And I was drafted in the early 90s. I will reveal the team as the extra clue if nobody gets it. Okay. How many games in his career? Over a thousand. And his final season was with Ottawa. the Ottawa Senators. Yes. And I was drafted in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And I played 542. See, everyone's saying Hemsky. It's not Hemsky. It's not Hemsky because Hemsky went to Dallas after Ottawa. Yeah, plays final season in Dallas. Also, wasn't he drafted in like 2003? Yeah. So the early 90s draft pick, but then playing eight seasons with the Oilers is kind of what's throwing me off a little bit here. Oh, I think I see it in the chat from someone. Is it Jason yep. Smith? It is John Stamos. You are correct. <laughs> Yes, it's Jason Smith. Shout out to Aaron. Aaron had that in our our, our chat as well. But you can enter the drawer. And I think the first one was... Lance Kane. Lance Kane. There you go. Okay, Lance, you'll be in the draw. Okay, the second... There you go. Yeah, that'll be in the draw. So we're doing the second one, the difficult one. The first three people to get this one are also going in the draw. Okay. I played 542 NHL games. I was a first-round pick by the Edmonton Oilers. I played for six different NHL teams, and I only played 171 games for the Oilers. I, I'm i going to put a guess in our chat. Okay. And then we'll see where that goes. I think I maybe know who it is. The first-round pick thing, like Aiden... Aiden guessed Gagne. It's not Gagne. He's no. played over a thousand. Rob Shrimp. I don't think Rob Shrimp got up to five hundred. Some of you are guessing Hemsky. It's not Hemsky. It is my guess correct. Yes. <laughs> I got that was it. A good one. I thought Which I was means, gonna be able to sneak that in. All right. I think we're getting. We're, I think people are starting to figure it out here a little bit. We got a couple in there. Are you writing them down? Well, I've only seen one person say it. Uh, John got oh, no, it. I've seen two. I've seen two. And then right below him, the third person got it. So there you go. Christopher Palmer nailed it. John Sherweer. Sorry if I butchered that. And Trashman all got it. Liam, who is the mystery player? It was Devin Dubnik. I really thought I was going to be able to sneak that one through because usually nobody guesses goalies. Yeah, for some reason, I was on it really quick. Like, first round pick, okay, I kind of have a general idea of who all those guys are. 500-plus NHL games, okay? So he played for a little bit. But then when you said six teams as well, like, that was the one that really got me because I was like, okay, not that many Oilers first-round picks have bounced around to that many spots. It's like maybe Cogliano. But again, he's played a ton of games. Gagne played too many games. So that many teams with that few games played, I was like, it has to be a goalie, a guy who would have bounced around without playing a ton. So, um, so there you go. So the the people were Christopher Palmer, was it Trashman and John? 
and And John Sherweer and Lance. Yes. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Here we go. Random name wheel is being spanned. Oh, trash man. Congratulations. Trash man. Shoot me an email, Tyler at OilersNation.com and say, I am the winner and we will get you hooked up with $25 donation gear, which you could spend potentially on the all-new Varsity line. It's up now, nationgear.ca, or maybe you want to bring down the cost of one spot on the nation vacation. It's $19.99, but it gets you your flights to Arizona, your transportation to and from the airport in Arizona, your tickets to the game between Edmonton and Arizona in Arizona, and your hotel, $19.99 based on double occupancy. It's all brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Check them out, ab.bluecross.ca slash travel. Shout out to you, trash man. You've won Liam's mystery player game for the week. Woo! Someone also, said Lance got screwed. It's a random draw, folks. Come on. Nothing I can do. Nothing I can do. I put his name in there. I spun the wheel and trash man got it. Uh, somebody actually messaged me the other week, and I don't know if this is for everyone. But they thought they were ahead in the chat. And I think people's chats will put their comments ahead of certain people in our chat. So we just go off our chat. So if you think you're ahead of it, I'm sorry. Yeah, like we have our streaming service has a thing that compiles all of our like chats in order, whether they're from Facebook or YouTube, when they come in, whatever. Like we got to pick an order off something. We can know everything. Um, All right. Anyways sadistic i'm in an underground parking lot and my connection is horrible what are you doing while you're watching this show (laughs) join the club (laughs) your mic works now though buddy um yeah you had to sit there with a broken mic and listen to me rant about nurse and then you had to listen to me talk to frank so i'm going to give you like 60 seconds anything you want to get off your chest um i i'm i wrote an article about connor brown which we could probably discuss quickly just about how where he needs to be used in the lineup and what they're going to do. We kind of spoke about it briefly, but you didn't want to get into it of what they're going to do when, when Holloway comes back. But I wrote that at the bottom, the the final sentence is it is the real test is when Holloway does come back. Do you take the easy option of pulling a Gagne or a Derek Ryan out of the lineup? Or do you actually pull out Connor Brown? So that's, that's the one thing on my chest along with a bit of a, a bit of a nasal cold, Tyler. Yeah, it's not you're you're fighting it today, but I appreciate yeah. you grinding through. Uh, Tyler Mulek says push Brown down and let Holloway play with Dry. I am in on that. When we get to that point, it's just a matter of who else do you want? Who do you want to take out? Is it Derek Ryan? Is it Sam Gagne? It's a tough, tough decision, man. Because I like what James Ham like. Good and you wouldn't you pull out Hamlin out of no. Gagne, Ryan, and Hamlin? Hamlin's the the best true centerman. I don't think you want to pull him out. I you know I always I always say earned not given. It's mostly joking, but in this scenario, it's so true. Like Connor Brown has is one point on the season, and he's he's been unfortunate. There's no denying that. Like he had a goal disallowed. He yeah. hit the post last night. He hit the he hit the bar the other day. Like you can see that the offense and the instincts are coming back to him a little bit. But if the Oilers were losing games, they would have no time to wait, right? So what's really the difference besides you getting two points most nights? Like, he needs to get going here. It's 20 games into the season, and I wouldn't mind if he was getting some assists on the boards too, but, like, come on. You got you to gotta contribute as well, and I think it sends a bad message if you're pulling guys out who are doing well, like like a James Hamlin. Like, we, we've spoke about numerous times. Like, 
he deserves to be on this team every single night. Like, there's no denying it. He's a great fourth-line center for this team. Could they probably upgrade at the deadline if they wanted to? Yeah, sure. But I don't think he's, like, a detriment to the team where, like, Connor Brown, you're playing as a top a top six forward in minutes played for this team, and he has one point on the season. It's just it's just not good enough. I think Warren Fogle needs to go up there for a little bit and just play just play Brown on the third line and see see what he can get going. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I think a lot of people are bringing up the point on the penalty kill. Um, yeah, like Brown. Yeah, he's a good PKer. That gives you value. He's got to start scoring at some point. Steve's calling him the new Toby Reader, which is just ah, that's a that's harsh. That is harsh. Um, but I mean, I also it's hard to argue against it right now. He's he's been so slow through the first thirty games. Now there's a part of me that thinks he could pop home twelve goals from now to the end of the year, and we're like maybe not that pissed Maybe. off about it by the end of the season if he has a good playoffs we'll sit here and talk about him having a good playoffs but for now it's it's definitely frustrating um christopher palmer said if it ain't broke and yeah I, I think that's maybe alluding to someone saying you know do you just keep holloway out i you want you want to play dylan holloway he looked so good in that last game when he got hurt yeah, yeah and unfortunately it is broke like the first shift away Drysaddle got from Brown last night, he scored. Granted, it was a terrible pass across that went up and ended up in the back of the net. But the puck went in, and Drysaddle looks much better after that. And I think the numbers will show that too. Like, I'm not I'm not tired of Connor Brown. I don't think he he's a bad player by any means. He's in a bad spell, and it needs to be addressed. And I think later on in the season, like you said, like if he scores, like say, say he scores ten goals in the back half of the season great i think that's how you have to assess him from now on is like what have you done for me lately not what are you what were you supposed to have done for me uh maynard said remember mike pekka in 06 so i pulled up his game logs nine goals in 71 games in the regular season liam six goals and 11 points in 24 games in the playoffs so maybe connor brown is just this maybe. year's mike pekka and that's fine. Like, I don't look, I'm not one of those people that really cares about his bonus for next season. To be honest, we need to think about the present. And I, like you said, he's had his chances to to score some goals here recently, and it's just not going in for him. I think it will come. I just don't think it should be at the detriment of Leon Dreisaitl. All right, we're going to switch up our Sherwood Ford Giant question for the day. It's brought to you by not only our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant and their fantastic service and parts department, but also Sherwood Power Sports and Marine opening up in February of 2024 with a brand new state-of-the-art facility in the heart of Sherwood Park. All black exterior, 91,000 liter test pool. Hello. Um, your giant question, Liam, are you a fan of the changes that the NHL made to the All-Star Game? Yeah, I think I understand it. So not everybody will be in it, right? Correct. Only 12. So there's going to be eight players that are appointed by the NHL and the NHLPA. And then there's going to be a fan vote for the final four, but it's only amongst like the all-stars that are going. So we won't have like a John Scott situation or whatever. Um, And then basically there's the group of first events and I can pull them up here in just a second if I can find the article again but there's the group of first events that all 12 guys will take part in and then from there it'll be narrowed down to eight of the 12 those eight will compete in the Honda NHL shootout and then from there six more will move on to the Pepsi NHL obstacle course out of those six they'll all compete in the final event and whoever finishes with the most points after all the events 
they win the million dollar prize. So one player is going to win a cool million bucks. Great. Something different, right? Like this is what the NHL needs is a bit of, a bit of new flavor to the all-star game. The draft is going to be fantastic. I think it's going to be even cooler that it's four teams now and not just the two that we've, we've been used to in the yeah. past with these drafts. Uh, the fact it's in Toronto will be, it will be interesting. And, I said this on After Dark yesterday. Aaron and I were talking about it too. I think the NHL, to their credit, has tried to do different things the last couple of All Star games. So, like, most of the score contests, I guess, like incorporate like the city it's in and stuff like that and bring a bit of life to it. And it's not been executed well, but at least the ideas were there. I feel like this is like it's flawless, right? Like, how can you really mess this up? It seems like it's going to be a great idea and it'll actually get eyes on the All-Star game. Maybe not actually the All-Star game, but everything else before it. I, I even think the tournament style at the All-Star game is enough of a change to kind of keep people <clears throat> yeah. engaged. So I like it. I like it. Um, all right, let's get to the menu for tonight in the sporting world. It is delivered by DoorDash, where for a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. We got five games in the NHL this evening. Pittsburgh taking on Montreal. The Ducks taking on the Islanders. Bruins taking on the Devils. Sabres and Avs. And then Jets and Kings. Winnipeg just got news that Kyle Connor is going to miss the next six to eight weeks with a knee injury after that hit from uh, Ryan Strom of the Anaheim Ducks. The fact Ryan Strom didn't get suspended for that is insane. Uh, the NHL play, Department of Player Safety is a disaster anyway, so I don't think anyone should be surprised by it. But yeah, it's, I don't think Ryan Strom by any means meant to do that. He doesn't have a reputation for it, right? But it doesn't matter. Like It should have been one game at least, considering now we know that Kyle Connor's going to miss six to eight. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and the, the Winnipeg Jets coming off a loss last night to the San Jose Sharks, so they're very much in danger of seeing their uh, little losing skid here hit two games, a team that was in first place in the division just a few days ago. That's an interesting one to watch. I do think I'm going to be hitting the over if we want to talk about our Betway bets for the night, Liam. The over between Buffalo and Colorado feels like a tremendous spot. The Sabres have struggled defensively kind of all season. They hit the over in their game against the Coyotes the other night, and it's hit in well, only two of their last four. But the Avs had a very high-scoring game against Calgary the other night, 11 total goals. They have had at least six goals in three straights. So give me the over between Buffalo and Calgary. Anything you like? Uh, not too much for tonight, I think. But tomorrow, uh, NFL, I'll probably bet some NFL. I had some good wins yesterday. Needed to do this to score one more goal to really secure the bag. But it was a, it was good. But if you're looking to bet on something, you can bet on my high score tonight at virtual golf, which will probably be the highest there. I think you need to get some rest tonight. I think you need well, to kick this little cold you're fighting. I'll I'll do it on the on the links. <laughs> All right, buddy. <laughs> All right, uh, that that is a wrap for today's edition of Oilers Nation Every Day. Big shout out to Frank Saravalli for swinging by on the Star Mechanical guest line, Alberta Blue Cross Sports Closet for the Sports Closet Studio, and of course, how could I ever forget about you, the YouTube chat, which is brought to you by our friends at Finning Cat. You guys absolutely brought it today except for in the like department. I would have liked to see a few more likes from everyone in there, uh, but just a reminder of our friends over at Finning Cat. 
improve productivity and efficiency with equipment you can rely on. Go to finning.com and check out their extensive inventory on new used and rental equipment to find the right solution to meet <clears throat> your unique needs. Invest in the future of your business and check out the latest at finning.com. Liam, we are going to be back tomorrow. It's a Thursday, short for Giant Game Day edition of the show. We might have a guest joining us as well, on top of Jay being there, as he always mm-hmm. is on a game day. Um, so giddy up. <laughs> Yes, giddy up indeed. I'm there. You have it. <laughs> okay. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. What a terrible way to end the show. Have a good afternoon. We'll talk again tomorrow at Noon Mountain. Thank you for watching Oilers Nation every day. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit OilersNation.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.